Welcome to the Food Issues Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Revelant, and I'm a journalist, healthcare copywriter, and a mom of two. In every episode, we talk about the challenges around feeding kids and give you practical and realistic solutions that will inspire and empower you to raise healthy eaters. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. So as a parent, there's no doubt your kids have been picky about their food at one time or another, or maybe they're picky all the time. You know, my kids used to eat just about anything when they were younger, but they've definitely become a lot pickier about what they like and what they eat. And veggies, they're no exception. I've got one kid who loves salad and another who will eat it, but only if it doesn't have carrots. And I have one who loves pureed cauliflower, while the other will only eat veggies in their whole form. But maybe your kid is super picky and won't eat veggies at all. That was the case for my guest today, Nikki Dinky, who was the pickiest kid around, living off only bread and cheese, even into her young adult years. But she found a way to turn it all around. And today she is a foodie, chef, TV host, comedy writer, and author of More Veggies, Please. And she's helping parents find creative ways to add more veggies into their kids' meals. I think that my biggest goal has been, how do I just make sure that vegetables don't look like the bad guy? Nikki talks about her best tips to get kids to eat their veggies, her meat-on-the-side approach, and how she gets healthy meals on the table every night and how you can, too. Her tips are really easy and realistic for your busy life, and I know you're going to love this interview with Nikki Dinky. Welcome to the podcast, Nikki. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited to talk to you. I uh, love all your posts on Instagram. I think they're absolutely hysterical <laughs> um, and, <laughs> and interesting to, to watch. So um, why don't we talk about your story? You know, how did you get into this food and media world and what does your work look like today? Well, you know, I, um, I grew up a really, really picky eater and I actually didn't eat a single vegetable until I was about 20 years old living on my own in New York city. Um, and the way that kind of came about was because, uh, at about 10 years old, my mom could not handle my picky eating anymore. I was the picky at the pickiest eater of picky eaters. I would rither on the floor when something touched my lips that I didn't like or was new I would simply eat, you know, bread and maybe some cheese. Um, And I really gave my mom a hard time. And there was, you know, four other kids in my family. And my mom just said, listen, you can eat whatever you want, but I'm not going to cook it for you. And so from 10 years old on, I really cooked for myself. And uh, that definitely didn't help my picky eating. And so I really did just eat basically bread and cheese until I was an adult living in New York. um, And decided mostly for social reasons that it was time to change those ways. Um, And as I kind of discovered the world of food and truly learned that, you know, trying something 20, 30, 40, 50, even 100 times can, you know, develop a taste for things and can expand my palate with this new love of food, I also started cooking. And I loved cooking because it really fed into my creative whims. I like the idea of all these different pieces of the puzzle coming together and creating something Um, And so I started eating more and cooking more and food just kind of slowly took over all my other creative endeavors. And I started uh, a blog online. I started doing YouTube. I had a radio show in New York City. Um, And then I was lucky enough to get onto the show Food Network Star um, on season nine, which is a great show on Food Network. Um, that's no longer on, but it was all about 
finding our next Food Network star. And so we did challenges both in the hosting world and the food cooking world. Um, and from there, I had my own show on Cooking Channel for a couple of seasons, and I've done some other shows. I do a lot of the daytime talk shows now, and I continue to share my food in those ways, including uh, two new cookbooks, including my latest, More Veggies Please, which is all about picky eaters, to bring it full circle, and all about, you know, trying to get more veggies into all of our food without sacrificing any taste, any anything. Um, and yeah, that's, that's kind of my very long story from picky eater to chef of picky eaters. <laughs> I love that. I mean, I think that's so unusual, right? Because, because research shows that really you, you want to lay the foundation early on in life to establish those, those healthy eating habits throughout your life. And, but for you, it, it was really the complete opposite. And, and so what does your mom think about you today? Oh my gosh, my <laughs> mom, I'm telling you, it's like, I can't go through a phone call with my mom without her at least one time being like, I just can't believe it. I can't believe you're a chef. And I'm like, mom, she's <laughs> like, I mean, I'm 39 now. We've been doing this for a while. Um, my mom is still to this day floored by the idea that picky Nikki Dinky, um, and they definitely call me picky Nikki a lot growing up, how this person has transformed into somebody who is, you know, whose whole life is about food as a chef and who, if anything, um, is really the complete opposite of a picky eater. Well, I think you've already provided so much hope for our listeners. And, and you know, there was a study that came out in early May and it talked about rewarding kids for eating their vegetables. And it said that, you know, giving them a reward is actually effective. And so what do you think about this, about rewarding kids for eating well? Uh, you know, I, I believe me, listen, here's the thing that you, you learn about parenting once you become a parent is that you'll do things you said you never would. You will change all the time. And I, I think that my approach with my kids changes a lot. Um, but the one thing I've tried to do from day one, and, and I'm not going to sit here and say that I am the best at this and that my kids are all-star eaters, I would say that my kids are pretty average eaters, which I kind of consider a success, considering where I came from. You know, the fact that they're not extremely picky and they will at least sometimes try new things, sometimes. Um, but the one thing that I've really tried to do is just have a positive view of vegetables. I think that sometimes when we're rewarding our kids for doing something like eating vegetables, we're making the vegetables the negative and the reward the positive. Do this negative hard thing and you get a positive thing. But I think that my biggest goal has been, how do I just make sure that vegetables don't look like the bad guy? You know, like, and so we talk a lot about like, you know, my one daughter loves bunnies. So we, we've never had a carrot without talking about how bunnies love carrots and she's a little bunny and aren't they just wonderful and we talk so much about how vegetables make us big and strong and all the sports that they do and how they'll be able to do them even better. Um, you know, and we I talk about how they're important and wonderful, but I just try to like not make them the bad guy. Um, so I'm not saying that I've never done it. And I think that sometimes, you know, I do think that repetition can be one of the keys. And so sometimes if you get that kid to try that carrot a hundred times while they're a kid because of some sort of reward, maybe it does linger with them through adulthood and maybe that's worth it. Um, and so I think you do what works for you, but I'd say even if you're doing a reward kind of thing, like let's just try to have it be more positive. Like sometimes you got to think about your own language. You know, there's a couple things that I really don't like. Actually speaking of raw carrots is not my favorite vegetable. And so when my kids are actually like, noshing down on raw carrots there's a little part of me it's like Ooh, 
I do not like raw carrots. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to kind of stop myself from, you know, like giving them a negative dialogue or saying, no, it's fine. You don't have to finish. Like, you know, like I just, we have our own preferences too as adults. And so that's kind of always been my goal is just like, how do we make it just seem still fun and positive? The whole reason that I wrote More Veggies Please was simply because that was the way that I was cooking in my home. And the reason I was cooking that way in my home, which is infusing classic dishes like mac and cheese and chicken nuggets with vegetables. And I do that not because I need to hide all my children's vegetables because they'll never eat it otherwise. And so their mac and cheese must have sweet potato and cauliflower or else they'll never eat those things. It's not that. It's just that kids eat different amount of vegetables all the time. I know we had quite the weekend of bagels and pizza and not a lot of vegetables because we were a lot of out on the go and celebrating. Um, And so I just kind of feel like, why don't we try with our muffins, our granola bars, our chicken nuggets? Why don't we try to put vegetables in all of these things, especially if we're only making the dish better so that we're eating vegetables in everything while still giving our kids and ourselves those raw carrots and those cooked broccoli. And so, you know, I kind of love my approach to cooking, if I'm going to pat myself on the back, because those days where my kids do suddenly decide that they do not eat broccoli anymore, I don't stress it so much because I know that their soup has extra vegetables in it and their chicken nuggets has beans in it. And so I just try to have vegetables in everything that we eat so that it's not so much of a burden. I don't know how you feel, but as a parent, it just feels like so much pressure. Everything that my children consumes comes from me. And when that's not going well, I just feel like I have failed. Like, oh my gosh, like, you know, I just, I can't, I want, I want them to be their best. And I, oh, it's so, it's so challenging. Um, So that's why I really like, you know, having some of those things like from my cookbook where, yes, To a degree, it is hidden veggies. The vegetables are not meant to be in the forefront of these dishes. But what it does is it incorporates vegetables even more into all of our diets so that hopefully on those bad days, it's not they don't keep trying, but you don't like beat yourself up at night. Yeah. Why do you think it is so hard for parents to to raise healthy eaters today? Oh, um, that's a great (laughs) question. I mean, we're we're not really set up for success. I mean, there's always kid food and this, and and let's be honest, and I know this for a fact, like kids' palates also are often more sensitive. And so they don't love these crazy flavors. But I think as a society, we're very used to kid food and we're very used to dumbing down our flavors. And, you know, if we take our kids to the bagel shop, you know, of course they're getting plain bagels. I think we need to remind ourselves a little bit that our kids are a little bit more adventurous than sometimes we give them credit for. Um, And just, you know, kind of same thing with like, oh, I don't like carrots. And so maybe I don't serve them as much to my kids or I kind of make a face when they eat them. Like, let's get over our own preferences and serve the kids some of those things that we think they might not like because they might. It's always the most important thing what happens in your home, you know, and that's why like going back to that positive dialogue. I just try to make broccoli like really yummy and show some excitement about it instead of like, here's the thing on your plate that you have to eat. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that we're, we're super set up for success. You know, we think about even just baby foods and stuff, and it's generally, you know, just carrots and just whatever, which can be good for getting your, your kids to develop a taste for that actual vegetable. But as far as extra seasonings and things, and, you know, we don't, we don't see a lot of that um, in America, at least. 
Right. Yeah. And what should parents know that can that can really reassure them about feeding their kids? Um, that like it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Like, you know, in general, I know that every time I even, you know, go for the yearly checkup, I'm a little nervous, like, uh, is their iron okay? Is there this? You know, like my kids don't eat a ton of meat. Um, and I'm like, oh, do I give them enough greens? Blah blah. blah. And you know what? They're usually, not usually, they've always been. They're fine. Everything is fine. Um, You know, when you think about a serving of vegetables for a three-year-old, I have twin three-year-olds, it's a very, very small amount. It is a couple carrots. It's really not that much food. You know, they they don't really eat that much all day. Um, I have a boy-girl twin set, and the boy definitely eats more than the girl. But sometimes I really think about what my girl eats, and it's like, really not that much food and a couple baby carrots in there is a serving of vegetables so you know i think you have to celebrate all of your wins you're doing great you're just going to keep trying and as long as you commit to keep on trying you're going to set up your kids for the best success they can have and the bottom line is kids are crazy and they're all going to be different and some are going to be more adventurous and some are going to be really picky i know i have friends they have three girls and they feed them all exactly the same way. They've done all the same things. And one of them is just super picky. I, I know as a kid, I felt like the food just was too much for me. The texture, the taste, it was just, it was just too much. I don't know how to describe it, but I was kind of, you know, set up to be a picky eater from day one. Um, so give yourselves a break and just keep trying. And you're going to do your best you can. And if you get a couple carrots in there, it's a win. And don't stress it. Don't stress it too much. If you're trying and you're caring at all, then you're probably doing great. Awesome. <laughs> don't stress yeah. it, you know? Well, I love your positive outlook, Nikki. So we're going to take a break. And when we get back, we're going to talk about your meat on the side approach and how that can help families foster a, a love for healthy eating. Summer is in full swing and the longer days make it the best time of year to bring your kids in the kitchen and have some fun together. Cooking with your kids is one of the best things you can do to encourage them to try new foods and eat their veggies. But most of us aren't chefs, and that's why I love the Kids Cook Real Food eCourse. This course was created by a mom of four and former teacher, and it's for kids ages two to teen. You'll get more than 30 basic cooking skills, 45 videos, including a ton of bonuses, printable supply and grocery shopping list, and kid-friendly recipes. The course also has a ton of substitutions if your kids have food allergies or dietary restrictions. My daughters and I have taken the course, and it was so easy to follow along that they made an entire recipe on their own. More than 18,000 families have taken this course, and the Wall Street Journal named it the number one cooking class for kids. All you have to do to sign up is go to kidscookrealfood.com slash food issues. And because you're a listener, you'll get a free lesson. Again, go to kidscookrealfood.com slash food issues and sign up. Between camp, road trips, and long summer days playing outside, my kids will be all about their snacks. And while snacks like goldfish crackers are quick and easy, they're overly processed and they just don't fill up my kids. Finding snacks with real food ingredients that are also affordable is really important to me, and that's why I love Thrive Market. Thrive Market is an online membership-based market that makes healthy living easy and affordable. Everything is organic and non-GMO, and members save an average of $32 on every order. 
My kids are all about the Lara bars and the Go Raw cinnamon snacking seeds. Thrive Market also has essential groceries, safe supplements, non-toxic home products like Truce, one of my favorite cleaners. They also have clean beauty products, plus ethical meat, sustainable seafood, clean wine, and more. If you join today, you can get 25% off your first order and a free gift. All you have to do is go to thrivemarket.com slash food issues where you can sign up and see my favorite items. And for every paid membership, they give a free membership to a family in need. So sign up today at thrivemarket.com slash food issues. Well, Nikki, let's talk about the your meat on the side approach. And it, it kind of reminds me of um, Dr. Mark Hyman. He talks about meat as a condi meat. So the original concept that I presented on TV um, and my first cookbook is meat on the side. And it's interesting because when I was first really thinking about what kind of chef I was, you know, like what's my niche? I kind of wanted to say that I was a vegetarian chef, but that wasn't really true. It's just that I cooked more vegetables than meat. Um, I never started a recipe or an idea with the protein first. I started with the vegetables first and then thought, oh, should I add some chicken to this? Or maybe a little bacon would be nice with this or some ham. Um, And so really the way that I've always cooked naturally is this idea of meat on the side. Let's have our vegetables be the star of our plate. And then we can have a little meat as a side dish, or I guess as um, a condi meat, (laughs) as you were saying. (laughs) And so it's really, it's just kind of switching the way that we always have thought about meat. I know I have this really old um, children's book that my kids have always liked. It's super old. It's from like the 1940s, maybe 50s. Um, And it's not a very interesting book, but they've they've all liked it. And, you know, it talks about going to the supermarket. And one of the things that they talk about is like, You know, we're getting chicken for tonight, hamburger for tomorrow, and pork chops for Wednesday. And it's just this line that reminds you that, you know, we've always kind of thought about what are we having for dinner tonight? Okay, what protein do we have? And then kind of judging it up and throwing some steamed broccoli on the side. And really, if we can kind of switch that way of thinking a little bit and also learn some really interesting techniques for cooking that broccoli, you know, we can do things that where that broccoli is the star of the plate. I always think about things like, um, you know, pizza. We never think about pizza as a vegetarian dish, but often it is, you know, if it's just a cheese pizza, if it's got vegetables on, or if we think about like a taco. Sure, we have our meat in there, but it's so much more about the salsa and the veggies and the sauces than it is really that meat filling. And so I think it's just about kind of making sure that all the other stuff is really exciting that we can use less meat because really if we eat a little less meat, it's it's generally better for our bodies. It's really the way that we're meant to be eating. We're not really meant to be having these huge portions of protein, animal protein. And then it's great for our environment. It's great on so many levels. It's great for our pocketbook. You know, I have a great, I'm actually going on the Wendy Williams show tomorrow and I'm bringing um, my mushroom onion burgers. And I love this burger so much because it is a beef patty. It is delicious. I take mushrooms and onions. I roast them into the oven until they are really deeply caramelized, intensely flavored. And then I chop them small in the food processor and actually add them to the beef itself, into that patty. 
And so what I'm doing is I'm actually making that beef taste better because I'm infusing it with these flavors. It actually will taste even beefier. But the cool thing also is that I'm adding actual vegetables into every bite. But what I'm saying is that that beef patty, you know, we are taking those vegetables and actually making it taste better. But then we're also subbing some of the meat. We're stretching our one pound of beef because we're actually adding in half vegetables. And so those burgers go further. We're not buying as much meat. We're eating more vegetables and it just tastes better. And so I think that, you know, we, it would be great if, you know, a couple of times a week or in general, we kind of all adopt this idea of meat on the side, not, we don't have to give it up completely, but let's kind of refocus and rethink about what our plate looks like. Um, and not have the protein get all the attention. Yeah, I love that. So what are your best tips for getting kids to eat their vegetables? If they really are not into vegetables, it's starting with having you, having them help you in the kitchen. And I know people say that all the time, but really it's with like my kind of recipe. So I have these delicious double chocolate chip muffins. They use a whole bag of spinach, five cups of baby spinach. And my kids don't eat baby spinach on their own, but they love these muffins so much. And they love putting all of that spinach into the blender and the whole blender is full of spinach. And though they're not really tasting that spinach in the end product, they have a much more positive attitude about that spinach. And they will sometimes just grab one and take a bite. And so I think step one, if your kids are really not that engaged with vegetables, is just showing them vegetables, having them be a part of your diet of their food, even in a really subtle way, but don't hide it from them. Make sure that they see it. Make sure they know that that muffin, which might not taste a lot like spinach, has all that spinach in there. I always call my food the vegetable name. So I I don't ever call those muffins my double chocolate chip muffins. I call them the spinach chocolate muffins. Like, do you guys want some spinach chocolate muffins? Not the cutest title in the world, not the title that made it into my book, but I want them to always think, oh, spinach makes my delicious muffins. And so I think it's like that exposure, that positivity around it. And then it is just continuing to try and trying and trying and making sure that they keep getting something. I mean, baby carrots, like we were talking about before, that is not something that my kids just picked up and were like, mm, I love baby carrots. They, I have been putting baby carrots on their plates for years. And I'd say that we are just now with my twins turning four and I have a six-year-old. We are probably just now where they will pick up and actually eat the whole baby carrot. I'll only usually put like one or two on their plate, but they'll eat them pretty easily. And I don't even think about it. I'm like, oh, they ate it. It used to be a little nibble. It used to be a little lick. Um, So just keep going. Keep putting it on their plate. I know sometimes food waste can feel discouraging because you put something on their plate and then they don't eat it and just throw it away. Try to find ways, you know, to put those baby carrots back in the thing. Put them in a little water. They're fine. Um. So, you know, I think it's that exposure. So get it, get it to be really positive. Ha- be cooking with vegetables, have vegetables in your home. Keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. And, you know, you can buy my book <laughs> to uh, start that exposure in a really subtle way. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, I think now we're, we're all so busy again, right? All the activities are up and running. We're, we're heading into, um, you know, a busy season and we're just we're overwhelmed, I think, as parents. And so what are your best ideas for helping parents to get healthy meals on the table every day, despite all of it? 
despite all of it. And that's the thing is that, you know, people think that I'm like some sort of domestic goddess. I wrote a book about family cooking and it is not true, guys. I am. I am just a disaster. Um, I, you know, like I said, I have three really young children. I work full time. My husband works. And we are often at the end of the day, like, oh, what do we eat? And the thing that saves us, the thing that makes me on Instagram look like I'm always feeding my kids such a balanced meal is the freezer. You really have to learn to embrace your freezer. And it's great. Listen, if you can, if you can maybe once a week, if you're in that kind of meal planning prep, if you're on Sundays thinking about it, I mean, good for you. That's awesome. But I'm talking about just even once a month thinking about your family, thinking about what they're eating and making a bunch of those muffins and freezing them and making a bunch of that mac and cheese and that chicken pot pie and freezing it. And anytime, anytime that you make any of those dishes that I just mentioned, you're going to make an extra batch because you're going to put it in the freezer and you're going to label it properly so you know what it is and you know how long it's been in there. And you're going to look at my book and other great books. Like I have a friend who just wrote a book called Modern Freezer Meals. Um, but her book and my book, I always have freezer instructions, so I will tell you exactly how to freeze it, how to thaw it. Um, but these are the only, the only way that I survive and have the amount of homemade food on my kids' plates is because I'm using the freezer. And you know what? The freezer stuff, most of it, 90% comes out perfect. And even if it's that one thing that the texture is a little mushier than you want or whatever, nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares. Um, so, you know, you have a homemade meal. So embrace the freezer for sure and really try to think about what you can freeze. You can freeze so much more than you might think. Um, and I definitely, in my book, uh, More Veggies Please, try to always give those freezer instructions because it's really just the only way that we survive. Um, it is the only way I can't even imagine. And I'm telling you, I don't cook that much. Most of my kids meals, the one thing that we do that is not the best thing to do is that we do eat separately from our kids. You know, my husband gets home really late and we like to have dinner together. So my kids do eat earlier and I almost never have a plan for them. (laughs) I'm almost always (laughs) just rifling through the freezer or looking at, oh, we got leftovers, you know, from takeout yesterday. And I'm putting that kind of stuff on their plate. Um, so yeah, embracing the freezer is, is the definite like key to success. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you being so honest about how life really is. (laughs) And, and so what are your favorite recipes from your book? Oh man. Um, you know, we do make a lot of muffins as I was just talking about. I feel like we like always need to have some sort of bread or muffin on hand. Um, and the muffin recipes from my book, oh my goodness. I mean, they were so incredibly popular. I thought about writing a whole book on just muffins. I actually had a group of actual parents um, and some non-parents, but I had an online group of taste testers that as I was developing the recipes, once I got them to a place that I, place that I felt good about them, I would actually release the recipes to this group. And they would make the recipes in their homes and you know serve them to their families. And it was such a great way to really see what was working and what wasn't working. And the muffins, the muffins always work. Um, and I think like all of us, you know, all kids, all adults, we love bread. Um, and so when we have a, you know, a muffin that has spinach or my other muffins have yellow squash and my last muffins have a whole can of beans, you know, it just makes me feel good about the carbs that I'm giving my kids. So we almost always have one of my muffins on hands. Um, the vanilla, what is it? The vanilla coffee cake muffin. Oh, 
so, so good. And the beans in there actually are kind of amazing because they not only add nutrition, but beans have all this protein in them. And so they act as almost an egg replacement and they make just for the most delicious kind of like extra fluffy, but like really stable muffin. I just, I love them. But yeah, we make a lot of muffins around here. Um, we do a lot of pasta. I'm always um, infusing even store-bought pasta sauces with things like pureed eggplant. So I do have a homemade tomato sauce recipe in my book where you take eggplant and you put it, you know, with a very simple tomato sauce. But one of the things we do when it is getting busier, you know, and kids are going everywhere is I just take store-bought um, tomato sauce and I add an eggplant puree. I add in zucchini. That works really well. Um, but these are all like the kind of staples, pasta and bread, which, which I guess makes it sound like they are really picky ears because that's what I ate as a kid. Um, but if we have those couple of things around, I feel like we're always doing, we're always doing pretty good. Well, it was so much fun talking to you today, Nikki. Where can listeners go to learn more about you and your work? Absolutely. So you guys can always check out my book. It's sold anywhere. It's called More Veggies, Please, with an exclamation point. Um, but of course, I'm always online. I really do love my social media. Um, and I do a lot of really funny and comedic things over there. So you can find me anywhere at Nikki Dinky, N-I-K-K-I-D-I-N-K-I. There's not a lot of other Nikki Dinkies out there. So I'm usually pretty, e- pretty searchable and easy to find. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Nikki. Thank you. That was such a fun conversation with Nikki. Definitely pick up a copy of her book, More Veggies, Please, which I've linked to in the show notes. Thank you so much for tuning into the Food Issues Podcast. You can connect with me on julierevelant.com where you can leave me a voicemail or send me a message and let me know about a new topic or guest you'd like to hear from. And be sure to go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I'll see you next week.